Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. Well, welcome, Michelle. I was trying to say it like a creepy game show host. Well, you were successful. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you out there listening on the interwebs. Thank you for joining <laughs> us today, even though it's musting here, because we've been working too hard. If this is your first time listening to us, we are the Musty Collective, and we motivate ourselves to become better storytellers. Today, we have an interview we have a great director and producer, John Huang. We're going to talk to him about his amazing short film called Pesto. Pesto. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actually, I really didn't need her to say that. Uh, no. The, no. Pesto is awesome. Definitely check it out. There's a link in the show notes. If you haven't watched it already, we, we definitely previewed it, you know, last episode. And if you are new, definitely go watch it before listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of talking vegetables. Yeah. A, a fan of talking vegetables done in a, a beautiful Pixar story kind of style. You know, we won't gonna spoil it. Just just go watch it. Anyways, <laughs> let's start the show. just want to welcome you to the show thank you so much for being here on the podcast uh you are a director and producer for long division films you're doing you know commercial uh level filmmaking which is amazing because you're telling these very intricate you know short stories but you have the brand recognition which is really awesome Uh, i've been really enjoying watching your work uh on your your website and just all over the media so please check out long division films everybody it's really good stuff but just welcome to the thank show, you, and you. obviously you've been a creator for a long time, so this is not, you know, saying you have arrived because you've already arrived. But you, we just like to bestow upon you the title of Musty Creative. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we never arrived, so we're we're always just chugging, <laughs> no matter where we are. Yeah, it's a journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lifelong film class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lifelong film class. That's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. You're a man of many talents. You cook. You whittle spoons. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into filmmaking and why you were drawn to that form of storytelling? Yeah, it's interesting because I I think very few people are actually drawn specifically to like the commercial world uh from the beginning much more are kind of like in that narrative space of the beginning and maybe find their way into commercials but i i took like a intro to filmmaking class back in high school um and i really loved it and never touched the camera before then and i guess i just kind of fell into the cold commercial world because you know i was making all of my like school projects but then um, I get, got involved with doing a promo video for my school in high school and they picked it up and they've been using it for, I think the last time they used it was a couple of years ago. So, uh, <laughs> so that was kind of my first foray into commercial 
um, video and I, I just kind of kept going. So throughout college, I was doing a lot of client work and um, I, I guess the the um, unfortunate part of that is I, I never really explored doing much narrative work um, re really until recently. I, di I did a few projects back in high school that were kind of narrative and you know, we're just like playing around back then. But yeah, P Pesto really is one of the first uh, pieces that I've done on my own that's not related to any kind of brand whatsoever and it's purely a passion project. So I think that was a big goal of mine to try and try and get back into uh, a little bit of narrative work just, just to kind of explore where I want to go creatively. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, with Pesto, you can definitely see the, the change. We watched uh, your Ketchup Doritos uh, commercials and and definitely you're telling a story there, but with Pesto, it just feels a lot more personal. Almost, It almost felt like a Pixar film, to be quite honest, the way that you're drawn in with the little voices and just uh, intimate shots with the vegetables. Um, it was it was really, really, really cool. So, you know, now that you're getting back into it or you, you experimented with it and you shot it during quarantine, which is amazing, uh, you know, why are you drawn to storytelling? Yeah, I guess first and foremost, um, nowadays with Long Division, it's not just me. I'm working with uh, two amazing uh, creative collaborators and friends, um, Alex Gilbert and Eric Hardy. Yeah. And um, the Doritos things was something that he directed. And um, I, I think, honestly, Pesto came from seeing a lot of, you know, the creative things that other people were doing, whether it's Alex, you know, putting a lot of very interesting twists into, it, like, his <laughs> even commercial work. Yeah. Um, and, and and feeling personally like I really haven't explored much of my own kind of creative voice in the form of um, filmmaking, which is kind of weird to say, <laughs> but I really haven't. So it, it was just kind of me wanting to see, um, yeah, see what I could kind of do on my own. Um, yeah. It was just kind of me playing around, <laughs> trying to find find some kind of direction for my voice and trying something different too um it was very much an intention to try and approach it from kind of that pixar short kind of feel yeah definitely um, like a mix of that and and a mix of this anime uh <laughs> food sort of true <laughs> true yeah so that was kind of uh the intentions behind the feeling of Festo at least because i'm glad that came through there was like a cooking baking anime i think that was big like years ago i forget the name of it but that was mm. part of the inspiration for you as well well i think it's just seeing a variety of of like and i really do i mean my kind of fascination with anime is um isn't very like long running it's only been in the past few years that i've really watched some things i watched like your name uh oh which wow, was yeah. anime movie mm -hmm. uh, i really love that it was one of my favorite movies at this point but um, I, I really love the food sequences, like in in various animes that I, I've seen. Yeah. Um, I love how they approach them, and not just food sequences, a lot of different sequences. It's cool what you can do with animation, but yeah, I, I love sure. how you get to approach it from kind of like a non traditional film aspect. You know, you can put cameras in weird places and not have to follow a lot of those rules. Yeah, so that that leads me to that's. Leads me to the understanding of when you did the stop motion parts of Pesto, was that kind of you know you exploring animation a, you know a little bit 
um, into into your filmmaking? Yeah, I mean, I've done some stop motion stuff here and there, but uh, I think early on I was like, okay, I, I want to do. I guess if I had it my way, I think Pesto would just straight up be an animated film. But, uh, <laughs> it it, feel, it does feel that way. Yeah. It does <laughs> so feel I wanted that way, to yeah. make it as much uh, in that feeling as I could. And stop motion mm-hmm. is kind of where my, my skill sets <laughs> reach. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, just the, the way you did the lighting and the aesthetic going from the shots with the vegetables, which are very clear, you can see all the details of them and they're and their their character tropes you're kind of invoking kind of like this childlike friendliness that they're always saying hi and hello and yeah. yeah um then you have you know a couple shots of humans but they're very blurred and we don't really get to see them as characters um i thought that was very interesting because we weren't i guess we weren't supposed to focus on the human characters at all really but just more on the right vegetables. yeah right 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 kind of like the the adults in charlie brown <laughs> yeah <laughs> there it is <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I, I really felt like the strong world building in, in a sense too, like just the understanding of, you know, the, the vegetables know that they're supposed to serve a purpose. Because uh, like, like I said before, and like just like our warm up, just I, I felt like, you know, all, all of a sudden they're like these little babies and they get chopped up. <laughs> and uh, so that was actually really cool that, you know, they're just accepting. Like they were happy to be. Yeah. Used. Like they, they want to serve their purpose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, man, I thought this was going to be like a sausage party kind of thing. <laughs> like you guys have seen that movie. Um, yeah, I, still, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but now, now that you've, you've piqued right. my interest now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I definitely wanted to try and get away from that as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's really it's interesting because you're talking about like finding your voice and getting more into narrative. I think that's it's really cool that film has such a broad spectrum of opportunities that you can really take that time to explore um, just different avenues of like who you are as a person and learn to express that through film. Yeah. Um, Cause that's, that's definitely been a journey for me. I think it's like a life, like a lifelong class. Like we were talking about earlier, it's kind of like you're, cause you're constantly growing as a person and you're understanding the types of messages that you want to convey in your films and stuff like that. So I think it's, it is cool that you you are taking advantage of it and learning to expand your skill set and like taking on narrative and learning that. And I think you did a really great job with Pesto. Thank you. I think that the one thing that I I know that I gravitate towards, whether it's the things I watch or the things that you know I'm creating, um, <clears throat> is kind of like this deeper emotional connection uh, or kind of a. a look into certain bits of you know human emotion and i feel like that's one reason why pesto kind of came to be i mean i'm pretty like pretty in tune with i hopefully my emotions and so Mm -hmm. that's always something that i'm pretty curious about conveying um so hopefully through exploring it more through film it can you know influence you know the wider wider spectrum of the things that i create Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, being in tune, being introspective about who you are, and then mm-hmm. allowing that to be expressed in your artwork. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you you work with pretty big names. Uh, Catch with Doritos launch. Love watching those commercials. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously with Geico, I, I know you did the editing on the some of the on the uh, Catch with Doritos launch. But I'm wondering with the Phoenix commercial, and um, you know how was that shot? Was I know some of that might have been stock footage. 
But so they, those are actually, yeah, ninety nine percent stock footage. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, we only shot ten by we. I, Alex and Eric shot a few inserts that had the actual product in there. Yeah. So this whole, yeah, just for people to kind of get an idea, the whole ketchup Doritos project um, was for their their Canadian ketchup Dorito launch. Yeah, <laughs> and and their their whole idea behind it was they wanted to you know, poke a little bit of fun at the fact that, you know, there's so many different streaming services nowadays. And so they wanted to make Ketchup Plus a faux streaming <laughs> oh, service. Oh, okay, I get so that. So they wanted to create some of this, like, longer form um, commercials, but, you know, that felt like shows to some extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, hit the major categories. Like, Alex did an amazing job with his, like, uh, um, alien... Uh, it's like it's called mysteries uncovered, and yeah. right. kind of poke at the whole conspiracy theory thing. And yeah. mm-hmm. he also directed Phoenix, which was this mini documentary of like a rags to riches kind of story of a boxer uh, <laughs> that I got to help edit. But yeah, I mean that was an interesting project because it came right at the cusp of quarantine. So it started when we thought we were still going to be able to shoot things, and then all of a sudden, you know, this coronavirus thing hit and. Like, okay, can we pivot? Um, yeah, I mean, we can dive into doing this just from stock footage and it came out pretty nicely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's great. Did you have, like, an actor set up to really play out this boxing scenario or was it a different story? No, we didn't get that far. Okay. I, I think they, they pivoted the story um, to kind of match. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't super in tune with the creative process and that because i was still vacationing in uh, malaysia when they were oh wow. first picking up this gig so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well yeah I, I saw on your instagram that you were like stuck in singapore when COVID we, we almost like got stuck in singapore <laughs> we're like a, a day uh, a day away from being uh, stuck there for a while oh, wow. <laughs> so wow. we came back just in the nick of time yeah that's crazy transitioning into this new era of like virtual like filmmaking and stuff like how do you how do you pivot really like how do you learn to problem solve and deal with the restrictions that we have now as filmmakers during the covid era yeah yeah i mean that's just something we're continually figuring out um early on a lot of things just got either like (laughs) pushed back or straight up canceled we we had a project well we have a project that's sort of just always being pushed back that has to do with you know the forest service uh, and having their involvement and you know the coronavirus thing hit and so we had to postpone it and now with the fires definitely we've had to postpone that as well but yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, it's it's interesting because now things are starting to somewhat kind of you know I don't want to say open up again, but in, in a way, like people are more open to doing uh, work again because yeah. we kind of realize that this is just something that we have to work within for the time being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so 
Yeah, I, I mean, we're just trying to follow at least the LA County's safety guidelines for yeah. film production as best as possible. So Eric got certified um, to be kind of like a COVID. Um, uh, I don't know what the title is called. <laughs> just somebody to, yeah, just to be a position. There is a position on set now that you're supposed to have that is purely dedicated to maintaining like set health yeah. and set oh, wow. safety. Um, and in larger productions, you really should have a team because mm-hmm. I mean, somebody has to be the bad cop to yeah. <laughs> to to be the person to remind everybody because you know everybody that works in film knows like safety and well, I don't want to say safety, but sanitary kind of stuff isn't right. super. I mean, sets aren't very hygienic. And so, (laughs) especially when stress goes up, you know, (laughs) other things get thrown out the window. So you need somebody to really be on everybody's case. And yeah, yeah, so Long Division has had a few projects um, that we've produced, you know, in this period. And I mean, Eric's doing a good job trying to keep everybody safe. We we have like a very strict protocol for, you know, how things are just supposed to happen. And so, you know, we're just trying to, you know, set ourselves up well so that mm-hmm. you know, we have a good chance of keeping everybody safe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like go around the set and be like, oh, social distance, please. Social distance. <laughs> yeah. Or just having somebody who is like, okay, we're about to roll. Actors can, you know, have masks off. And then right, right. when we cut, you know, somebody has to tell people, everybody mask back on, right. Mm-hmm. Keep everybody separate. You know, if the sound guy needs to mic somebody up, you know, we, we have face shields and stuff for them. And yeah. And mm-hmm. so just making sure that there is some kind of, you know, standard that everything falls into. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, thank you for that perspective on the business side of COVID. I'm also yeah. wondering too, for your, your film company, long division when it comes to entering into commercial contracts like can you give us a little like maybe a couple hints or the steps that come into the idea of like getting that contract with a company the process you have to go through you just maybe sign an nda because you're you're presenting marketing material before a product is actually released to the public right it depends i mean Mm -hmm. we're right now you know long division is still a relatively new company and Mm -hmm even newer in the sense that now in the past year or so, we've been really trying to push up and try and get into that agency level where we can have, you know, bigger clients um, under agency portfolios yeah. Uh, so that we can have, you know, more resources to do more creative and more collaborative things, mm-hmm. um, which usually happens at that sort of agency level where you're working under an agency mm-hmm. who yeah. then has a client like Doritos or whatnot. Um, so we're trying to make connections in that world. Uh, recently there have been, you know, some online platforms that are serving sort of the, the role of agency, um, or like a faux agency. Um, but these online platforms, uh, they have connections and they'll release, um, I guess they'll, they'll have like proposals uh, or requests for proposals on their site and we can submit pitches and bids to try and, try and win them. That's how we got the Doritos project. Um, oh, wow. We did a project recently with one of our other directors um, for Champion Sports, uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to use this space that we're in right now to try and create as convincing of work yeah. as we can. Yeah. And so we're pouring a lot back into, you know, the things that we're able to uh, land just so that we can 
try and you know create things that really look <laughs> top notch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So right now, it's definitely a big investment phase for our company, and we're just trying to <laughs> make good stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's definitely coming across, and and then yeah, going getting back to to Pesto, and the whole the whole idea of like making this short film under quarantine in your home. Um, you know, can you talk about the struggles with with making this film? Pesto was wasn't something that I've been planning for a long time. Uh, in the uh, past year or so, maybe the end of last year, um, I was looking at my portfolio and it's like, wow, I, I have like nothing really that I'm like truly proud of showing off, commercial or narrative. Mm. And so I, I definitely had a big goal to do something in 2020 or even like the beginning of 2020. And I. I haven't worked with actors a lot. And so originally the plan was I want to write something so that I can actually, you know, direct it uh, right. w- with actors. Um, Cause most of my stuff is very documentary focused and I'm, I'm wanting to diversify a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the actor thing went out the window when COVID hit. Uh, right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I could still do something. Um, and so I, I dug into like a notes document that I keep with, like, you know, ideas that I have. Um, and I just flushed out one of them and it became Pesto. Originally, it was supposed to be a short film that happened purely inside of a refrigerator. And it's <laughs> like, wow, that's going to be way too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it kind of like grew and, and changed and, and uh, yeah, kind of became the story that Pesto was. But it was written pretty quickly and it's also kind of just filmed pretty quickly too because. I gave myself a week to film it. Um, yeah. Spent a day designing what I want to do with my apartment and mm-hmm. then spent a day getting stuff from Home Depot and building up, <laughs> you know, what you <laughs> see in the film. Yeah. And then I shot for three days and that was wrapped. Wow. And it, take, can you take us a little more into the writing process? Like you said it was a pretty short written and you started from a, like you said, like, I guess like a treasure chest of story ideas that you have. Um, what's that process like? You you have an idea, you store it in a treasure chest, and then you bring it up when you need to, or? Yeah, I mean, even that's been a fairly recent thing, and so there's not too many treasures in there yet. <laughs> but yeah, if I have I, certain ideas that pop up, you know, or seeds of ideas, um, I'll, I'll stick it in there just in case, you know, one day um, I might need something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, so at the beginning, I was still kind of debating whether I wanted to do a spec commercial, you know, like a quote unquote fake commercial for a real brand yeah. to kind of diversify my portfolio in that sense. Um, or if I wanted to do full narrative and pick this route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But writing it, I think, yeah, the least amount of writing that I've done for a project, because I think I had like two drafts and then I just started shooting oh nice and it, i really uh, only like showed the script to maybe like one or two people yeah <laughs> so it really was like created in isolation which isn't the best <laughs> way to do it but yeah. I, I felt pretty confident going into it i mean i had done a project with a good friend of mine uh, brendan uh, a couple of years ago and i think the the biggest learning lesson from that is uh if you're just starting out as you know a director or especially like a narrative director um don't go crazy with your idea because like you don't even know if you can direct like a super simple concept let alone you know create this like sci-fi fantasy world that nobody's gonna get 
Um, so that was my big learning lesson from that film. So with Pesto, I was like, I'm going to make it like dead simple. Like yeah. <laughs> something that is like just in essence a very, very simple concept um, just to kind of get in my reps uh, as a director to try and you know work from the bottom see if I can convey this well. You are. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I I think from the first... Definitely for the first like ten twenty seconds, you're you're already like sucked into the into nice. the narrative, and um, I I wanted to ask too just with the writing, how long was your script when when it came I down? Think about five pages. Oh yes, okay, that's yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> that's all. And then um, if yeah. I may ask you, what, what was your budget like? I'm I'm assuming not too yeah, much. Yeah, I think I ultimately spent about a grand on the nice. project. Mm-hmm. That's that's beautiful. pretty cheap for something like this. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, man. I'm lucky because I do love to cook a lot, so I had a lot of yeah. the, yeah. <laughs> the props already. I had like good silverware and plates and knives and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. And then and then so yeah, that was you like oh hi baby and uh, you know, all this stuff. No, that I- was actually um, a good actor friend of mine, uh, Dylan oh. J Harris, that worked with me okay, and Brendan cool. a couple of times in the past. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was his voice. <laughs> okay, cool. very cool. Very cool. I thought it was interesting how you said um, you're trying to keep the concept really simple, but I think because it was such a short script, it actually it didn't feel simple. Like when we were mm-hmm. watching it, it mm-hmm. felt like this huge world that we were having like a small little preview <laughs> of. But it was yeah. it was really cool. It, I think what you were saying, like just like scaling down, making sure you're not like doing too much overestimating like how much you can actually right. perform because i think when you do make it really simple it gives you the ability to really flesh out the idea and make that idea the best that it can be right yeah because like while the world building was something i wanted to kind of focus on um at the core pesto really is just a little uh story about you know loneliness at at its heart you know mm. what it feels to to have you know felt attachment but also to have you know friendships and friends lost and it really is kind of that central uh, theme that you know is the only thing that pesto really focuses on mm-hmm. and so in idea it's pretty simple but um it was fun getting to build a world to support that one single idea mm-hmm. yeah I thought I really liked what you said was that you try to convey just really human emotions in your stories. Um, I think that's really important when you're writing a script to emotionally connect to it. I know for me, when I'm when I know that I'm on the right track is like if I'm doing something dramatic and it actually makes me cry. Like that's what I don't like. Okay, I think right. I'm doing this right. <laughs> Um, so I think it's really interesting, like when you when you can actually, I guess, cause or stir up those emotions in yourself when you're creating the story. Um, that's just a, it's a really good sign that this is going to also connect with somebody else in the same way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it's hard through film because you really have to make your work in a very nuanced way in order to have any chance of evoking emotion because yeah <laughs> i mean something that like you know as 
as like film students, especially like the, the hardest thing is to, you know, stray away from something that's just going to be so cheesy that makes people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and even as like a working professional, that's still hard. Like mm-hmm. you, you see commercials all the time that they're trying to like reach for, you, you know exactly what they're trying to do. And it's just, it doesn't land. And, <laughs> and so it's a huge struggle to try and, and do it well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. If starting you're... on that journey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're referring to, uh, but I, I, when you said that the reaching, it reminded me of, uh, there's a couple of Pepsi commercials uh, mm. that came out a couple years ago um, about, uh, there was like protesting and there's like a certain, uh, certain uh, character or personality that was in there that it felt like they're reaching for something. But, right. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. And they happen like pretty frequently. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's, it's interesting because I feel like in that sense, the business aspect of those commercials um supersedes the the heart behind it so it's kind of mm. like this um marketing like we want to brand this emotion but it's like no you have right. to like feel the emotion and then incorporate it into the right. brand but yeah just, and that's always like a tricky balance for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like you need to find that authentic version of the story before you can really start trying to make other people feel that same emotion right yeah i was wondering because you're doing you are working with a lot of different brands um in terms of creating stories for those um those different companies how do you really find that authentic story and because so far the things that i've seen from you guys um it's been it seemed pretty authentic like when it was funny i genuinely laughed um i think you guys are really sort of tapped into like the flow of like how it's supposed to be yeah um so i was just wondering what is your process for just finding that story for your different brands that you're working with and conveying that message yeah i mean it it really depends because i mean a big part of it is how much freedom creatively that you're given as a production company because i mean in the traditional sense the the production company only serves to be the the entity that executes an idea that mm-hmm. a agency creates. Um, and now there's, you know, a lot of uh, kind of mixing between, you know, agency and production company roles where, you know, sometimes agencies are doing a little bit more production or production companies are doing a little bit more ideation. Um, <clears throat> and and so in a brief from an agency of, of any sort, um, they'll they'll either give you a lot of freedom in in how they want to convey a message uh or how they want you to you know convey a certain idea that they have for a campaign or they'll be very specific and they want like a specific uh commercial to be made and then you just Mm -hmm. have to work within those bounds um Mm -hmm. i think yeah i i think a big part of it is who's chosen to to pitch as a director and who's, you know, directing the piece. I think that that has, you know, that's a big part of where, you know, you can have a lot of extra, you know, inherent heart put into production because as a director, you know, you're serving the goal of the project, but also you're wanting to further your, your own, you know, directing abilities. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that often comes with, you know, putting a lot of heart into your work. Mm -hmm. During this pandemic, what would what advice would you give 
other filmmakers that are wanting to grow their skill set, but they are restricted now due to just all of the health concerns that everybody has. Like, how? What kind of advice would you give those people? I'm pretty sure most everybody has felt pretty unmotivated, at least at times during this period. And so, I think you know if you're feeling that way, <laughs> you, you have every right to.、Um, and so, don't feel bad if if you don't feel super motivated to you know be creating like crazy.、Um, Because this is a hard time for a lot of people in in many ways, many more ways than just one. Yeah.、Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't feel like it, you should feel you know super pressured to like have to make something. But then if you do feel compelled to, you know, be creative and make stuff, I mean, it's it's just another limitation, and you know we're faced with that all the time. So now I think you you're starting to have a little bit more access to. Having other individuals help you in certain capacities, which is kind of nice.、Um, but I think, yeah, this pandemic hasn't changed too much in terms of、uh, the mentality that you enter into any kind of creative project with. Sure, you can't be as collaborative as you may want, but I think a lot of the kind of that creative mindset and a lot of those,、um, you know, the reason why you create and 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 how you approach creative problems, I, I think that, yeah, that remains pretty unchanged. I mean, you just have to find some kind of way to <laughs> do something、yeah. within the bounds of what you can right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, um, because you were mentioning too, like just the whole collaboration thing. Um, you said that you were originally just doing promo videos on your own. And then you got a team with Eric and Alex. So, what was that transition like? Having a team versus just being a one-man band.、Mm. Yeah, I think there's definitely a period in many creative.、Um, well, I, I think for me especially, I think it was definitely exciting being a one-man band. At the beginning, because you really did get to explore. Well, you had to explore every facet of creating, you know,、mm-hmm. film, promotional, video, commercial, whatever.、Um, but it comes a point where, in order to further the creative, you have to, you have to have help. Like, there's no way you can, yeah, you know, make a million dollar commercial on your、yeah. on your、mm-hmm. own. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, even if he had the money, it's not going to look like a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs>、um, yeah. So I think when I made the transition and started working with Alex and Eric, I mean, I just felt like so much weight being lifted off my shoulders because now、mm. we actually had some kind of core support if we wanted to take on a bigger project.、Mm-hmm. Um, and now, especially, we have a lot more collaborators that we often work with that we can pull. To do something bigger, and I think having that kind of yeah, it puts you in a different mindset too, because now you're thinking on a scale that is not limited by your, you know, what you yourself are capable of.、Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah, which is also kind of why I approach pesto in a very different mindset too, because、mm-hmm. I knew I had to do it by myself, and I didn't want to feel like it was just something that. Was done by one person, so I tried to, you know, find like creative solutions to, to sh- shoot a type of story that, 
wouldn't be hindered by the fact that it was just me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And with, uh, one more question with Pesto. You have this really interesting cooking shot where you grab the spaghetti and you kind of spiral it. <laughs> like how how was how did you do that with like you had like some kind of way to hold up the camera or like how how was that done? Yeah, so throughout the shooting period, I basically had I mean everything was either on a, a slider, a tripod or on a C stand. I had like a C stand that was oh. configured to always just be an overhead rig so I can pop my camera onto it. Nice. And so that was just like the camera boomed out and luckily I have a pretty small camera. Yeah. <laughs> that I can do that with. Um so yeah, there there's quite a few overhead stuff that I just used the little C stand for. Yeah, no, that was awesome. I I really like the way this film is shot. It really did. Yeah, um, thank you. I appreciate that. So, do you have a top top three films or top three, um, you know, television shows of all time that you like? Oh, that's that's my show or that's my movie that really that really I really love. Three. Well, I mean, ever since I saw Your Name or Kimi no Noa. It was a Japanese anime movie. Like I didn't grow up watching anime, and I've never really watched too many anime movies. Um, love that film. I, yeah. I've seen it so many times at this point. Uh, I love. I mean, one, there is a certain level of like connection that I'm able to experience just from it being of an Asian background. Oh yeah. Because I think a lot of the subtleties, like he, yeah, you just don't get to experience in Western films, which super cool. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And I love that it's it's very like based on you know emotions and kind of I, I love movies that are bittersweet. Like I feel mm, like yeah. that, that's kind of the the thing that I gravitate towards. And and I love being able to explore kind of this balance between you know the tensions of different emotions in life and how like you know happiness is it's not like a black or white kind of thing. So I, yeah. I love movies that have that sort of nuance, uh, emotional nuance and. Uh, your name definitely has that in spades. Yeah, I love I, that. <clears throat> I don't want to give away Pesto because people really need to watch it for themselves. But I, you, I definitely felt that with what you did with the make. Nice. <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved La La Land. Um, oh yeah, yeah. In, in a way, it's kind of like a slightly more westernized less nuanced version yeah. of kind of the your name sort yeah. of story it has that kind of bittersweetness but in a must much more like creative or sorry a much more like western mm. um in your face kind of way yeah oh yeah um yeah. but i love like broadway and musicals and stuff like that so nice i just love blah blah land yeah um yeah, I'll just give those two for now. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, yeah. I, I was just thinking, going back to La La Land, the City of Stars, and the way they end that movie in the third act, right? It's just yeah. Like, that's definitely bittersweet. I was so mad. Very, you're right. I was so mad. It's like they could just be together. What, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but it was nice because it wasn't yeah. the predictable ending. True. I really True. liked right. that. Like, it, it just, twi- that was like the twist at the end. Like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. And then, um, is there a story you are dying to tell um, that you, you know, maybe still in the treasure chest that you're like, oh, if I could get the money and the resources, I would love to tell this story. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting coming from the the perspective of like a commercial filmmaker because mm-hmm. unlike, well, maybe this is just on me, but I, I feel like most narrative people they'll they'll always be like working on something, whether you're a writer or a director, 
um, cinematographer. Um, but for me, like since I'm always doing, you know, branded uh, pieces, I up up till even now with Pesto, like I I haven't really been thinking too much about the narrative side of things, mm. and so. I think moving forward, I'm wanting to give that a little bit more focus than maybe I have in the past. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, for, for me, like <laughs> commercial is definitely what I'm, I'm trying to focus most on. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like oh, I have some spec ideas that I kind of want to do in, in the trick chest and, um, and also, you know, when projects do come, uh, it always sparks new ideas because, you know, agencies come and bring ideas you might not have thought about. And those might, you know, send you off in a different creative direction and think of new ideas, which is always fun. Um, yeah, I will have to admit, like, for me, like, idea generation, <laughs> this is terrible being a commercial <laughs> <laughs> director, but I feel like idea generation, like pure, like, ideation and coming up with something out of nothing is quite hard for me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty good at kind of the iterative process, but yeah, just coming up with something is definitely a, a challenge that I, I face quite a bit. Mm -hmm. No, uh, yeah. thank you for that honesty, though. Mm -hmm. That's definitely like a muscle that needs a lot of exercise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Because <laughs> I think people that it comes easy to them, I feel like they've been working on it or they've they've had chances to like maybe practice that in some form like, right. throughout their life. So I think it is something definitely, I, I don't doubt that you can learn how to do it. Like I definitely yeah. think you can work at it and right. get really good at like just coming up with ideas. Um, yeah. I was just wondering like since um, you're working with all these different companies, was there like a specific company that you would want to make a commercial for? Nothing like specific. Like for me, I, so I have, some interest in kind of that business world too i ended up with like a business degree in, in oh, wow. college and mm -hmm. um for me i get really excited when one a company has like really good ethical standards that yeah. you know they're really trying to create a culture that is making a positive impact in the world like mm -hmm. i i really get excited when i see something like that and two like i i get pretty excited when i see companies that are willing to like take creative risks because um, I, I think that's pretty hard to find especially if you're working like directly with a, a brand or a company um, like agencies are paid to like go take creative risks and they just have to go convince their um, clients that that's what <laughs> they should be doing but yeah. yeah to see companies that are you know themselves like very very invested in in the creative and seeing how how that you know benefits people um or them yeah that's pretty exciting to me mm -hmm. um so yeah whenever i see examples of that i i get pretty excited yeah mm -hmm. no, that's super cool and then are there is there anything that you're working on now because i know you just finished pesto um but is there another project that you're currently working on or in pre-production for um nothing specifically in pre-production yet um i think right now we we're working on some pitches and um trying to create some proposals to put in put in uh, put our names in the hat for but so just a lot of that i mean that's 
that's the the biggest part of being a commercial production entity or commercial director is that's the majority of what you're going to be doing just writing mm -hmm. proposals making treatments yeah. <laughs> yeah so much paperwork yeah. right <laughs> yeah but i mean that's the only way to get get projects yeah mm -hmm. and, and, and get paid right just mm -hmm. <laughs> get yeah the, get to the next get to the next project that that's understandable. right mm -hmm. No, so thank you so much. Uh, we're so glad to have you on the show, John. And yeah, just thanks to, for having me. You know, go through the process with you, understand a little bit of the business side. Um, mm -hmm. I know that for some of our listeners, we don't usually do that, but I I, I really love getting that side of, of the creative uh, the creative work because I feel like cool. so many of us as creators we forget that hey that you need you do need to be able to you know, write proposals, get the contracts, right? The constraints. <laughs> like that's, that's real talk right there. So yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. But then with Pesto, um, you know, it, please everyone go watch this film. Honestly, like I said before, it feels very Pixar like, I don't know if, if anyone has reached out to you, you know, from the Pixar Disney. Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, maybe one day, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, yeah, like you said, I could totally see this as a full animation. So mm -hmm. that that was awesome. But thank you for being on the show. We're so glad to have you. And uh, just you know, wish you the best of luck on the, you know your upcoming endeavors. Thank you so much for being oh, here. Thank you very much. If you have connections or you're looking for commercial films, longdivision.film. Um, yeah, we're we're definitely focused on doing you know creative work that you know serves the purpose of of a brief, but also ex you know dives a lot deeper into the creative. So yeah, if if anybody's looking, we're we're all, we're all ears yeah <laughs> very cool alright well you take care John have a great day thank you Bye. so on next week's episode we have another interview with children's book creators Patrice and E. Royal yeah so they have a great book that they just released called Color Me Capable yes and that'll be a really fun interview. I really enjoyed my interview with them, so I think you will too. And definitely, if you can, if you're able to financially, definitely pick up the book. It's on Amazon. It's a wonderful, inspirational children's book. It's a lot of fun, and you'll definitely enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And if you have any projects that you're working on, please let us know by posting on social media with the hashtag MustyCreative, and we will share it and possibly you on the show. That's right. And we want to thank our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. With your support, we will be able to create better shows for you, interview more guests, and buy better equipment. You can support us at anchor.fm slash musty and click on the support button. Thank you so much. And that's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on iTunes and find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and anchor.fm slash musty. Now it's time to shower up. Give them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.